0: Hey all, my name is Brian Baird. Welcome to my program called Truth is Truth. The program is a faith-based podcast. I will be discussing biblical truth, biblical faith, biblical faith in politics, and many of my life experiences relating to both, and hopefully experiences of others who are willing to be involved. This will be an evolving life application program that people will be able to apply to their lives every day as it pertains to them. Please join me as we learn the truth together. Thank you, and God bless. Hi all, Brian Baird here again, host of Truth is Truth podcast. If you're listening to this, thank you for listening, I appreciate it. Uh, I know we've been through some controversial podcast here in the last couple uh, months, but uh, with all that said, it, it needed to be said and needs to be continued to be said. Uh, and I want to talk about that just for a few minutes before we get into uh, the podcast that I told you was coming up next. We've talked about the mask, we've talked about uh, COVID-19, talked a little bit about the protests, and uh, I'm not going to get into that much because that's just something that I don't feel like we need to give any press to um, because it's uh, not a good thing. But just wanted to say, as we start out today, that um, we must speak out as Christians Um you know uh, Ephesians five eleven uh, was discussed in church this morning uh, prior to me recording this podcast, and it, the Holy Spirit just really pricked my heart on this and, and talking about the fact that as uh, Christians we are to to reprove things, and that only means uh, not only means staying away from those things, but it means to also speak out against those evil things. They're against God and against God's Word, uh, and I. I'm not telling you mask are against God's word. I'm not telling you um, these peaceful um, protests are against God's word because they're not Uh, a mask is a choice. As I've said, I'm not uh, convinced that masks are what everybody's um, saying they are or the people who are in control are saying they are Um, because I just, my research shows much different things than their research and, and I'll tell you this right off the bat. Number one is uh, I listen to what I feel like are a lot of really, really intelligent people that do a lot of research and, and, and doctors that know what you're talking about and had a lot of discussion with these things and a lot of research I've done on the people that I believe and listen to. Uh, and I'll tell you this, if you, you get a chance and you really, really want to uh, look at another side of this, go to Mercola.com. That's M-E-R-C-O-L-A. Dot com. This is a gentleman that I use a lot of his products uh, because they're natural uh, and this is a gentleman that I trust that I, I think uh, knows what he's saying, knows what he's doing, uh, researches it, uh, he's a doctor uh, and he just does a lot of good things for, for people in, in health and in uh, spirituality so if you get a chance, go to Mercola.com. Look at all the articles that we there are about COVID nineteen, ways that you can maybe uh, get your body to to be more immune to this stuff that's going around, in, in all the viruses going around, the flus, the infections, and things like that. Uh, he just he's got some really really good advice and good research. So uh, go there, and there will also be things on masks and things like that, um, and on on. Uh, even the writing, uh, you'll probably find there um, as this man speaks out. But again, as Christians, we are, we are to stand against evil. We are to uh, speak out against evil. And, you know, well, people say, well, you don't want to be offensive. Well, you know, sometimes the truth offends. Uh, and if that is the truth and it does offend, then maybe that's something telling you in your heart that uh, something's not right about what you believe or what you think, and maybe you ought to look more into it. And and if nothing else, if the truth gets you to question things and that's offensive to you, then I'm okay with that. We're we're very quick to say we don't want to offend anybody as Christians, but uh, Christ offended a lot of people when he was on this earth. And I think we're able to be able to go uh, speak to that in many ways and speak to people about those things that are true and those things that are evil. Um, And I'm just going to say right here uh, before I get into the the actual podcast is that I think a lot of this stuff is being done to divide this country, divide the people of this country, because divided we fall. And there's two things that will cause a country to divide evil and um, more than that, probably fear. Um, And fear is evil, just so you know, if it's not only in just the fear of God because that is the only fear we're to have, we're to fear. we are to fear God. I'm not fearing any man, I won't bow to any man, I won't bow to any group, I won't bow to any organization, um, won't bow to any flag, uh, that's just the way it is. I bow to God and that's it. But I wanna say in that, in, in this division that we could be looking at's being caused, or part of this in my opinion, um, we have, if you go back into even the thirties and you look at things that were going on back then, you look at the the fact that nobody paid any attention to, uh, the H1N1 SARS, uh, 60.4 60.8 million people affected by that. We're not even close to that with this COVID-19 I'm not saying it's not a virus and it's not a dangerous virus. It is, but there's ways you can prevent it. And I don't think masks are that way. And as we see more people wearing masks, um, especially in the state of Indiana, and I don't care what your your news media says, what any, anybody says, I see a lot more people wearing masks today than were before uh, the mandate. Uh, and look at our positive cases going up drastically. In fact, record numbers now um, for daily numbers going up in this state. So um, the mask isn't the answer. Uh, I think mask uh, can help in preventing things from coming uh, out through sneezes and coughs and things like that not going to prevent all of it from coming out by any means or any stretch of the imagination but will help but I think that more than that if you want to you want to look at this as, as far as a medical or a scientific situation social distancing and, and good hygiene probably tr- trumps anything that there is and I think that you need to to look and research this stuff and just uh, know on your own Don't just fall in and believe just because somebody supposedly knows um, is telling you this. Research it yourself. Make your own decision and go from there. But understand that if this country can be divided, this country can be destroyed. And and I think that's what we're looking at. And and not that anyone wants to destroy this country. They just want to control this country. Uh, Countries outside of this country want to control this country. But people inside this country want to control this country. Uh, and it goes way back again into the 30s, and you start thinking about uh, technocrats and, and uh, te- techno uh, things that are, that are going on today. Uh, science is even leaning toward the data and the, the, uh, the techno uh, part of this issue. Uh, technocracy, if you want to call it that. Anyway, look that up uh, and just uh, look at what's going on and maybe do a little comparison to those type things. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I've said it many, many times. I just don't believe uh, what's being said to us right now in in the way that it's being said. So, uh, But if they can keep us in fear and they can cause this country fear, they can divide this country, and that is evil. Uh, and just think about that for a minute. I'm calling on all Christians, all believers, true believers in our God, one and only true living God and Jesus Christ is our salvation. I want you to, to really think about these things and I want you to really look at what's going on and I want you to really research and I want you to read Ephesians five eleven, and I want you to understand what we should be doing as true Christian believers in our light shining so that people understand why we are who we are and where we're going with that. Um, but as you look at this stuff, just, just look at what's going on in the world and what the Bible says about it. And then also look at the science behind it, <clears throat> the true science, not this science that we keep making up and we keep changing the goals, uh, goals on or the goalposts, as we say. The target keeps moving uh, because nothing's changed. The, the, the virus is what it is. Masks are what they are, and, they, and nothing's changing it. That's always been uh, what it is from the day one. But people's uh, thoughts on it have changed. Uh, And some of those people, I think you're going to find out, are involved in something more than just science. They're involved in wanting control. And as I say this, look at the people that right now are in the limelight that nobody ever heard of. Uh, Look at their day in the sun. What more benefit to them in their own self-righteousness would it be for us to continue in the pattern we're going because they just keep getting stronger. They keep getting more popular. Um, and I'm not going to name names. You know who I'm talking about. Um, but all these people, it's, it's all about control. It's all about time of, of their um, self-worth to them, I guess. You might say that they want to keep this thing going and keep these riots going, these deadly riots. Uh, we're allowing those to go on, and nobody's even talking about that. Uh, and what it has on health effects and, and any of that. You know, you, there's there's a few people talking about it, but it's just being shoved under the rug, basically. And again, I, I, the people have the right uh, to peacefully protest. What they don't have the right to do is destroy people's property or, or kill, kill or hurt people. Um, that's just wrong. So let's just kind of keep that in mind and think about that as as we move forward, but also know that God is still in control Uh, He sees it all. He's seen it all. In his eyes, it's already done. Uh, He sees from the beginning to the end and through eternity, the end of the earth, not the end of eternity, but he sees the end of this earth and what it's going to be, and he's in control of that. Uh, And remember that as you, you maybe cower in fear or you have that bit of fear in you, that our God is still in control. And if you truly believe, that should be the strength that you need to carry on and to do what we should do. As for this Christian and this believer in the one and only true living God, I won't be silent, and I will speak. And that's just the way it is, as I'm doing through these podcasts. But anyway, with that said, just some things to think about and um I know that's probably a little drastic or maybe a little offensive if you want to look at it that way. But, you know, if it gets you thinking about it, then that's a chance I'll take. So anyway, with that said, I want to get into uh, today's podcast. Welcome back for you that have been listening, um, and I hope you enjoy the episode. next one is to come as we go into this. I'll be doing scattered podcasts of things in my life that God has given, me able to, uh, given to me to be able to share with you. And it's been an up and down ride and has brought me uh, to what I call a peaceful period in my life of just having a personal relationship with God that has grown and expanded over the years. But today's podcast is a story that I told to several people when I was filling in for my brother, Pastor Brett Baird, uh, at Morning Star Church. By the way, if you want to go to a good truth, truth-bearing church, somebody telling the truth about uh, the Bible and what's in the Bible and what's going on in the world today, uh, come to Morning Star Church. It's a little church located in Trafalgar, really, really small church um, that we're hoping to maybe do something with uh, down the road, but... Uh, right now, what we're basically worrying about is just telling people the truth. But anyway, if you get a chance to stop by Morningstar, uh, you can hear Pastor Brett, too, on uh, Facebook on Saturday mornings. He's going through Philippians right now. He's doing a really good job. So go there and listen to him if you don't have a church home. Um, but anyway, Pastor was going to take a short break. I think it was for an anniversary or something, and asked me if I would... Uh, Put together, a lesson and, and uh, do for the church uh, again. I'm not a preacher, I'm a teacher, uh, so any chance I get to teach, I, I'll do that. So, I did that. And uh, before I get into that story, though, I want to say happy 63rd birthday on August 3rd to my brother and eldest of the five boys, whose name is James T. Baird II, who was called Tim. Uh, I know I was belated in getting that to you, but this podcast was written on your birthday, August third, and and had to record it later because I couldn't get in here to record it. But um, in in doing this podcast, I thought of my brother uh, and wanted to say happy birthday. I know you're listening. Love you, and uh, hope you had a blessed day. But anyway, now uh, the arduous snake. Uh, and this is going to get really strange for some people probably, but it is what it is, and it's what God uh, gave me. So I'm going to give it to you. First off, the definition of arduous, the adject- it's an adjective. It means difficult, hard to endure, marked by great labor or effort. And again, it means difficult, hard to endure, marked by great labor or effort. Uh, uh, Synonyms and related words, ambitious, bold, challenging, formidable, unyielding. Uh, These are all uh, definitions or or words like arduous. And uh, again, as I I tell you, I'm in no way a preacher uh, uh, in any way, but I am a teacher. And I've not been called to do preaching. I've been called to teach, and that's what I will do. Ephesians 4.12 states the gifts given. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. For what, you ask, or why were those gifts given? Verse 12 answers that question. For the perfecting of the saints, those of us who are saved, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And you can look up more if you desire, but hopefully you understand My calling. Please keep in mind the previous definition of arduous as we go through this. I want to preface this lesson with a story that I will not totally reveal, but enough that you know why I chose the title, The Arduous Snake. First, I will say that I had no idea there was this word arduous. I had never seen it or heard it spoken uh, or even know how to spell it uh, prior to a dream that I had several months ago. And again, this was at the time of this back in 2016. The dream was so real that I got up and wrote down the word arduous on a piece of paper. The next day or two from then, not because the dream wasn't uh, going or was going away, but because it was so vivid vivid in my mind that I didn't have to worry about uh, writing everything down as far as the dream. But when I decided to look up the word, I had even spelled it correctly without ever seeing this word. This dream started with me chasing a dog through the woods. Actually, it was a jungle. And that dog being grabbed by a snake in the trees. A big, ashy, almost white, but not quite white-colored-looking python boa-type snake. The next thing I know, I am in the tree, and the snake is surrounding me. I think I saw this part in a movie that I don't remember the name of, but I remember it was a huge snake. And this was a huge snake. And, and, And again, this dream was so vivid and real to me uh, that you you just, if you've had one of those dreams, you'll understand what I'm saying. But there's three things I hate in this world. Uh, Snakes, spiders, and anything that wants to sting me or suck my blood. Obviously, um, I absolutely hate them. (laughs) I just do. Anyway, I was scared out of my wits during this dream. I'm sure my heart was racing pretty good. And uh, and I'll guarantee you um, the bed sheets were wet. Um, and, and from sweat, people. Now, come on. I, I know what you were thinking. Uh, the bed was wet from sweat. This huge snake is talking to me, and we have much conversation that I will not speak about. But I wanted to know where uh, my dog went, and he said my dog was not here anymore. The one thing that thing that really sticks hard in my memory today is that I asked him what his name was, and he said in a really soothing voice, I am the arduous snake. Immediately after I woke up from the dream and I wrote that name down, I felt God was giving me a lesson to tell. So I want to start with some verses in Genesis. Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. In verse 6, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, And that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. In verse 9, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is, that, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And i got to stop here for just a second before we go on to verse 14. You notice even back in the day of Adam and Eve, when they were caught doing something wrong, they started pointing the finger at someone else instead of taking responsibility and accountability for their own actions. This is the start of sin. Understand this. The starting of sin was the, the act of non-responsibility, non-accountability to who you are and what you've done. Um, and look at that today. Look at this today and look at how we're, people are being blamed for things and, and because people don't want to be accountable or held responsible to what they do and the decisions they make. It's always somebody else's fault, or it's always somebody else's problem, or somebody made me do this, or I didn't have this, so I had to do this. Again, it goes back to sin and accountability and the lack thereof, the accountability and the growth of sin uh, in us as a people and in us as a nation. But Anyway, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And to Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground. For thy sake and sorrow shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall bring it forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken Dust thou art and dust thou shalt return and unto dust thou shalt return. And before we go to verse 20, see how God reacted to this, and God held each and every participant accountable to what they had done. And in judgment that's what we do. Uh, and in judgment judgment, that's what God does. We are going to be held accountable for what we did. It doesn't matter who we listen to who we believed uh, besides God, Uh, none of that matters. We are going to be judged and held accountable for what we do as a person, as who we are. And you better understand that. And you better start taking accountability and responsibility for what you've done and who you are, what you say, what you think, uh, what you do, what you react to. Understand that God's going to hold you accountable. You can blame it on whoever you want to blame it on, but it's not going to stick. It's your accountability, your responsibility, and God's going to be the judge of that. Verse 20, And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand, and take also of the tree of life, and eat, and live forever." Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. In other words, he had to put something in it to guard it because of the sin that was now revealed in Adam. And he knew that sin would continue. And this was the start of the hard life and the arduous snake. I always hear people say that the life of a Christian or believer is hard. But is that really all true? Let's look at the life of a snake. The serpent obviously had legs and now crawls on its belly. It has to crawl on the earth in all conditions. It crawls through brambles and thorns, woods and rock, desert and water, mud and dust, sand and hot and cold. The snake has to regulate its body temperature by sunning or finding shade continually. Think about that for a minute. Not much of a life. Thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life, is what God said. Wow. How about their life sustenance? Uh, rats, mice, cockroaches, goats, chicken, and other birds, rabbits, and other small mammals, toads and frogs, eggs, lizards, and other snakes. They have no way to chew and very small teeth that can't tear. That only drag food in. They have to swallow their prey whole. They have jaws that hinge and come apart uh, so they can. So they can ingest their prey. The snake must carry that prey inside them until it is digested. Sometimes that takes weeks. So during this time, they can have a hard time surviving. They can't get around very well. They're vulnerable over a meal. Some snakes have even exploded due to overeating, sometimes much like us. <laughs> now that's funny. I don't care what you say or who you are. Anyway, <laughs> this is a hard life. Let's let, let's apply that to life for a moment. We as Christians do have a life that is hard, or sometimes we think it is. But what about those who don't know Christ as we do? Those who don't serve the Creator and Redeemer? Those who are snakes? Those who follow the serpent? We have joy and peace in knowing that we have a better place to go. They do not accept this or believe. They have been beguiled. They have no hope. They have chosen the life of a snake to eat the dust of the world, to be vulnerable in their lives. If they die today... What do they expect? What will their end be? Some believe they will have a second life and that is basically true, but not in the way they think it will go. But they will crawl around in this life, eating the dust of it and surviving in the world that they create for themselves. That's a hard life. Satan, the serpent and snake, looks to fool his prey much like a snake. There's a snake that has a yellow tip on its tail to fool a bird or other animal into thinking it is a worm, but it is not. Much like the serpent, Satan fools a person into believing that his way is the way. The snake not only has a hard life, but made life hard. Some will choose to follow the life of the snake, and some will choose to follow Christ. Listen to Numbers 21, 5, and 6. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loatheth this this like bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. This is very prevalent today. People speaking against God, serpent followers, listen to me, folks. God will not be mocked. We are seeing that today as we fight for our freedom to worship our God, We are seeing nothing new in the world today. It is still good and evil living together. We are being mesmerized by the snake. We are solely giving our faith away. Bite of apple by bite of apple. The serpent still beguiles and will continue to do so. We have to respond to Christ and do all that is right. As God did for the people in Numbers, He does for us today. He continually sends intervention as He did in Numbers 21, 7, and 9. And you can read that for yourself uh, for a continuation of a study if you go to those verses. God sent an answer to our sin and us following a serpent, a cure of sorts for the venom that spews out of the mouth of sin, the poison that gets deep into your system, to your soul. that, That cure is Jesus Christ. Jesus is our only steady sustenance and survival giver. We talked about how the snake had to survive in this world. God promises us that our need sustenance will be taken care of as we love, follow, and worship Him. First, we must truly know Him. We must believe without doubt that He is the Creator and Redeemer and can do what He says He can. We cut God short many times thinking we can do this on our own. Do you not think that is exactly what Eve was thinking? In her mind, she must have concluded, Hey, I got this. I can make this decision without God or Adam. I got this covered on my own. Listen, we have nothing we can accomplish on our own that will turn out well for anyone or anything. We will only add to the list of oops that keep growing. We have only one way to avoid the end that is of the arduous snake. This snake has no care or concern for you. You are only a meal to this snake. It has chosen the hard life in the path of everlasting destruction. Jesus Christ is the only way not to be beguiled by the mesmerizing snake in the world in which he belongs. There are several verses in Scripture that reference the serpent, but I will go to only one more place in Acts 28, 3-5. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when, he, and when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. There are so many lesson plans that I can get from just these few verses. It's a great life application uh, verse, and I may someday do that for my Sunday school class, but there is one point I want you to see that pertains to this lesson. Paul was surviving in this world and living on the faith that God was in total control. There was no doubt in Paul. He was going through this part of his life, gathering sustenance from this world as just another day. When out of nowhere, the viper, beast as it is so representatively called, comes out of the heat of life and bites Paul. You notice it didn't just bite him and release, it bit him and hung on. The beast wanted nothing less than totally Kill its prey. It didn't want to just paralyze or temporarily disorient Paul. It wanted him absolutely dead. See the many lessons that this can go to? Anyway, this is the way the beast thinks. It does not want to just slow you down or get you off track. It wants you totally dead. Physically and spiritually. Dead, dead, dead. It wants you to be of no good use to anything. Unfortunately, some will be weak and will not be able to survive this vicious attack. The barbarians here in this, uh, these verses, non-believers, thought he was surely dead, much like the barbarians today. They think we are murderers of this world in their ways. They want to see vengeance upon us, and some want to inflict that vengeance and spew venom toward us. They do it every day. We are being persecuted, blamed, shunned, called bigots, racist being blamed for all that is not going their evil ways. They want us gone, dead. They don't want us to just get along and live our lives in peace with them. They want us gone. They are biting and hanging on for the ultimate kill. I see it every day in this world. Every time I read the news or watch the news, I see and hear the venom that is being spewed upon us. We are under attack, just like Paul was. But listen, praise God for verse 5. He shook off the beast and felt no harm. Listen, folks, he felt the sting and pain in that bite. But it was never going to be a fatal bite. It was never going to be able to hang on for the kill. Paul had Christ as his protection, the very creator of the beast, the only one who can defeat this beast and the venom it tries to course through our veins. The venom cannot survive in my body because I have the ultimate and final anti-venom in me, and so can you. Christ Jesus. And I hate to say it right here, folks, but if you're a believer like I am, and you truly truly believe in, in Jesus Christ and what he's done for us, don't you want to just do a, a, a strut here and give Paul a high five? Um, this is great stuff, guys. Um, we do not have to live the venomous life that is of this world. We have the cure, and we can give that cure to others by just speaking his name. A latter verse in chapter 28 says that they, the barbarians, changed their minds. We can help that happen all over the world, and we can start right here in this place, this town, this county, this state. Although the barbarians really wanted to see Paul suffer and die, they changed their minds and thought Paul was a God. They were close. Paul had God in him, the power of and from God, Jesus Christ. Wow. Wow. And what a story in these verses. What a story we can get from these verses to to help us in this life. You know, I really didn't like the start of my dream. But I for sure love the conclusion. I want you to know in closing, ladies and gentlemen, I can't come up with this stuff on my own. This is God giving me grace and mercy and allowing me to share my story. But I want you to know from my deepest sincerity, I love God. And he knows it. These things that I bring to you, uh, uh, such as the treadmill story, which I'll be bringing to you, which is what God gave me, which some of you've heard and this story, uh, this story and that story are very real to me. To you that know God, the one and only true living God, great. I am very happy and blessed for you and by you. But those of you that have a walking, talking relationship with God, you know what I mean. I get goosebumps all over my body in being able to bring this podcast to you as I have previously and hope to do in the future. Dear ones, if you lack in a relationship with God, don't let that allow the serpent to beguile you. Build that relationship with God so he can show you his absolute love and you know he is doing it. You can have the power to shake off the beast, live life to its fullest, enjoy the ride and that can only be brought through God, our Creator and our Redeemer. And in closing, something that I don't do and very often on this podcast, but I want to say a prayer for you and with you. So I ask for you just take just a just a few moments and and pray with me and let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for being the one and only true living God, the God of all creation and the Redeemer of those who will. Thank you for your awesome power, might, grace, mercy, forgiveness and especially your patience with us. We in no way deserve your forgiveness, grace, or mercy. All we deserve is separation from you, eternity, in hell. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, our saving grace. Please, God, I ask that you prick every heart of every person praying with me or hearing this prayer. Make our souls cry out for you. Let our eyes be wide open in the Holy Spirit to work in us or call us, to you for us who have accepted the eternal gift of life please give us the strength and boldness to carry forward in our everyday lives telling of you and showing you in and through our lives for those of you who have not accepted that gift I ask no I plead that you allow the Holy Spirit to prick their hearts and put so heavy a burden upon their hearts to the point that they can't do anything else but bow their sinful will to you and obey you For I know that when that happens, you will change their lives into saints and they will become your children. And I know they will find peace within themselves from you. Please, please, God, do not lift your hand of grace, mercy, and safety off this country. Please, for the sake of all of us who truly believe in you, help us to keep the faith you have given us and to tell the truth of who you are so that all have the opportunity to know before it's too late With that said, please send Jesus to take us home soon as we look to the heavens because the day of his return is nigh. Please forgive us of our sins through the shed blood of our Savior Christ Jesus. For it is for his sake that I pray and for his faith that I am able. I love you, God. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you all for listening. I hope these podcasts are a true blessing to you. And as always, I'll see you next time. Until then, as always, be of good cheer. The Lord is returning soon. Praise God. Goodbye, all. I hope God blesses you and keeps you safe and healthy. Thank you.